Hey friend, feeling a little busy lately as you head into all the roles and responsibilities that fall brings? I can't help but keep coming back to this truth. Most busyness comes from our wild ongoing attempts to please others. Slow down and serve instead. Because when we're trying to be all things to all people, that's exhausting and actually a big waste of time. What amazing peace we experience when we leave behind seeking the approval of others and seek to please an audience of one, him. And we find our identity and value in what he says about us, then we're not busy doing for him, but simply doing with him. My guest today, Tanya, understands people pleasing well because she's a self-proclaimed one too. Tanya is a wife, mom, leader, certified Christian life coach, and podcaster, and she's been in leadership roles for the past 16 years. As a recovering people pleaser, Tanya spent most of her life and career trying to find worthiness through achievement. She spent decades pouring herself into her work, only to find herself feeling unfulfilled and burned out. Can you relate? It wasn't until she truly claimed her identity in Christ and started to understand what it means to be a child of God that she found freedom from approval seeking. God has shown her a new way of living and leading in partnership with him. And now Tanya is passionate about helping other women gain a heart knowledge of who they are in Christ, become fueled by grace and find freedom from people pleasing so they can create more time for the things that matter most. Ooh, girl, if you call yourself a people pleaser on any level, you're in for a real treat today. Hey, busy girl, welcome to the Redeem Her Time podcast. Do you wish you were able to actually follow through on intentions and know where God wants you to focus? Do you find yourself looking up daily routines, time management, or life balance? Do you try to stick to your priorities, but find yourself overwhelmed and overcommitted because you said yes yet again? That's not the life he intends for you. Hey, I'm Lissa. Christian time management coach, priorities protector, and recovering to-do list girl. And I get it. I filled my plate with all the things and felt stretched too thin and only half present. I wanted to say no without the guilt so I could be available for what mattered most. But I felt like I didn't have enough time, energy, or self-discipline to make it all happen. Then God led me to manage my time with faith as a foundation. On this podcast, you'll discover how to know what he's called you to, make the best use of your time and overcome distractions so you can be more present and lovingly say no. It's time to give your best time and attention to what matters in this season and in light of eternity. Grab something to sip and open up your heart and calendar. I'm about to show you how to redeem your time with God at the center of it all. You ready? Hey, Tanya, I am so excited to welcome you to the Redeem Her Time podcast. You and I have had the opportunity to get to know each other, but my audience is meeting you for the first time. So I want you to start off by telling us a little bit about you and who and what fills your time in this season of life. Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me, Lisa. I'm really excited about this opportunity. I am Tanya Ingesether. I am host of the podcast, The Grace-Filled Leader, which is really just kind of a, a little bit of a side hustle. I'm actually a full-time leader in healthcare. My background is as a physical therapist, but um, so for 26 years, I've worked in healthcare, the first 10 of which were as a staff physical therapist. And then the last 16 years, I've actually been in in leadership roles, 
um, first as a frontline manager, and then most recently in a director role over a staff of somewhere close of, uh, to 100 people. Um, I'm also a certified Christian life coach, and as I said, a podcaster. So the the life coaching and the and the um, podcast as of yet are sort of my side hustle slash passion project. So I love that, right? And you know, us life coaches, we get to benefit from the things that we're you know helping others with as well. And it really can be a beautiful way to just keep growing towards where God is calling us. So tell us, how did you develop a passion for what you're doing with the life coaching side of things to help Christian women? What does that specifically look like? Sure. Well, so I'll start back really in my leadership in terms of um, who I am and how I lead. I've over the years really found that my strengths and my passions um, and really where I felt most often able to make impact is really through the relational aspects of leading. And when I look back, I've been coaching people for decades, you know what I mean, in terms of leading people is in itself kind of a form of coaching. And I really just have a natural instinct to help people feel seen and heard and valued. And that has been such a useful tool in my leadership. If you've ever done like a Myers-Briggs assessment, I always come out like flashing red on the feeling and sensing side of things, which has been a blessing and at times a curse, Um, but it gives me a really strong intuitive sense about people. I can literally feel a room. The problem is that often means that I very easily too often carry the emotional burdens that go along with the people that I serve. So as a frontline leader, that became more and more of a, of a weight that I carried if my people were struggling, or even if I thought maybe they were struggling or wondering what they thought of me as a leader, I really carried that emotional burden around. And um, most recently, just leading through the pandemic in healthcare, I'm sure you can imagine, my teams were tremendously impacted um, by COVID and what it meant in terms of how we had to respond to the pandemic. They had to do things, which means I had to ask slash tell them to do things that were far outside their comfort zone. They had to witness and care for patients that were unlike patients they'd ever worked with before. And while the rest of the world was kind of sheltering in place and getting more time at home with their families, which I know is a whole other problem in itself, Um, potentially I and my people were really working more and in different ways than we ever have before. Many times we'd work our our day job in our therapy role, and then we'd work a night shift as a kind of a a nursing aid in sort of a nurse's aid type situation. So as you can imagine, with different personalities and things, the emotional responses to that reality and what we had to do and had to ask people to do um, it was difficult. It was difficult to witness and even know how to respond to how people were feeling about that, how they were responding to it. And I really was carrying that burden. And as a leader, I was feeling, I don't, it was a real shift in terms of, I was, I was certain of my leadership and my ability to impact and relate to people, part of that. And then all of these things I couldn't control for my people. And at the same time, in a way I wasn't able to protect them from. 
and how that impacted them. I couldn't let that go. And it really started to develop into work burnout. <clears throat> I was questioning whether or not I could continue to do what I'm doing. And I started to identify in myself that the heaviest burden I was carrying was really around worrying what people were thinking of me as a leader, what my team members were thinking of me. You know, did they think I was a good leader? I know that I think they have in the past, but will they ever again? And all this emotional kind of baggage. And so I just really knew that I could not survive in that realm of approval seeking and seeking the approval of man to sort of seek my own value. And I was more intentional about seeking the Lord and and just basically surrendering that and saying, I can't, I can't do this. I need you to help me focus on you and what you intend for me, who I am in you. And the way in which he has been working in my life was so profound in terms of the peace that it gave me, the closer and closer I, I drew to him and spent time focusing on my audience of one instead of an audience of the world, if you will. Um, I, you know, in many ways, it's, it's, it's sort of cliche or whatever. It felt like it saved my life in that I couldn't, I couldn't function as I was. Well, that led me then, I started to see other leaders around me. You know, we've encountered such changes in our workforce. It's harder and harder to find staff that want to work in healthcare. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, sort of that burnout or near burnout that's come from um, both the clinical and financial impact of the past few years. It's been really difficult. It's been difficult on human beings and our staff, but it's also really been difficult on leaders. And I really started to feel this pull to somehow serve people in a different way. You know, I've always felt like I I do my best to witness where I am, you know, it's tricky in a quote secular environment. You know, I'm, I can't be out like, you know, throwing Bibles at people, but I feel like I try to always be true to who I am as a Christian woman in how I serve and how I lead and how I communicate. But I felt like I was meant to do something more and different and specifically for women, Christian women in leadership who for all of their lives, they've been high achievers you know, um, oftentimes approval seekers and people pleasers, they have trouble saying no. That led me to seek out Christian life coaching and sim simultaneously think about what is an avenue through which I can serve on a grander scale, which then led me into pursuing podcasting, which I never in a million years would have ever guessed I would do because I've always had sort of a fear of public speaking. I'm an introvert. I'm sort of an expressive introvert, but I'm extremely introverted. You know, I too struggle with some of those same issues of people pleasing, approval seeking, questioning my own worthiness. So anyway, that's a really long way of coming around to that was the story. It was really a story of brokenness in me that then revealed the fact that I was focusing my time and energy in the wrong places and I couldn't go on like that. And then seeing the work that the Lord was doing in my life and how that has changed, how I'm able to walk through the door every day. I wanted to share that on a different level. And I really feel like God was 
prodding me, like pulling. It was like this gut feeling almost, like this pull in my gut that I was supposed to do something more with this. So that's how I sort of started in with the side gig. And, you know, I have long-term dreams of wanting to be able to do more than I am able to do because of the reality of my full-time job. I still work full-time. Um, but right now I am where I am and I'm serving the best that I can where I am. And I'm, you know, trusting God to put those other opportunities and the, open the doors as he sees me ready to walk through them. What a beautiful story. I just, I love as I'm listening and I know that our, our audience and our, our those who are listening can re- resonate with this as well. Oftentimes what feels really messy in our lives or hard or challenging is exactly that thing that God is calling us to trust him in and then lean into and then be able to lead others through. And so I love the fact that you were, you know, willing to walk through those difficult times um, to grow that self-awareness, to really grow in your relationship with him so that you are using, you know, this opportunity, which may not have felt like an opportunity in the beginning as a way to really make a difference, right. In the lives right. of the people. And, you know, I think that helps, you know, others who are also people pleasers or have a hard time saying no or approval seekers or feeling, you know, because we all tend to do that. It helps us know that number one, we're not alone. And number right. two, like there, there is another way. Right. But I want, so let's, let's kind of go back a little bit. So we are in a series right now. We're talking about busy, no more, right. Because especially as Christian women and living in a really distracting and demanding world, sometimes we can just feel busy all the time. And it doesn't mean that, you know, we have to be working full-time and doing a side gig like you are, but I think we just have this overall feeling of that. And yet we talk about the fact on the podcast that really busy does not start with a disorganized schedule or to-do list, but really with a disordered heart, because that's where the root lies, right? So absolutely. Let's dive into, and and I kind of heard you allude to this already. So I want to kind of like get a little bit deeper into this. When we're trying to find our worthiness and our identity and pleasing other people, um, how does that, like, why is that a problem or a struggle oftentimes for women? I'm sure there are guys who struggle with it too, but um, we're specifically speaking to women. And what, what does this cost us when it comes to our time and maybe even a ripple effect in other areas of our life when we're so focused on that worthiness being found in acceptance by other people. Yes. So, you know, I think women especially feel this um, responsibility to be all things to all people. You know, we have sort of traditional, traditional values and beliefs from, you know, what a quote, traditional wife, mother slash woman looks like and more kind of current culture, popular beliefs around you know what women can do like men can do and and it's kind of like we haven't we haven't really taken I think in our minds and feeling of responsibility we haven't let go of any of the you know the first things in order to accomplish the other things so Mm -hmm. we're just trying to do all the things at the same time we're trying to we're most often women's are the managers of their home Um, we want to be the best mothers and wives that we can be and we're also driven to do our best in the work that we do. And then oftentimes, and very often, and I think, and I'm speaking for myself, I don't know about how many others, I would say, especially in my mothering, 
being a full-time working professional, I feel like being given the gift and privilege to be a mother is the greatest thing that like God could ever have blessed me with. And it's a huge responsibility. And I've always felt this sort of battle in my heart about, you know, I, I'm never giving them as much as I should if I feel like I'm giving my job as much as I should, because I feel a responsibility and a commitment to that. And we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Like, I don't know that it's the world putting it on us as much as it is ourselves. I, I look back and I have, I feel like I've had anxiety and a nervousness about what people think literally since my first memory. And I can't tell you, you know, exactly where that you came from you know we we are a product of our both our genetics and our environment right right and but really we we develop different patterns of how we respond to our circumstances and I've always felt you know we were we were brought up to be good girls you know that that did the right thing and we're we're respectful and and served others and all of that be a good girl sort of thing and somehow along the line in my life that really became a pattern of people pleasing and approval seeking. And I think a fear of maybe a fear of abandonment, I don't know, but mm. we somehow developed this pattern that who we are, are those roles or those hats that we wear. That's where identity is, especially, I think that can be true of motherhood because as an empty nester now, I, it was like, Whoa, wait, wait, I've been a mother for you know 18 20 years and suddenly that big identity piece of mine is going away or changing it's not going away but my kids are moving out of the house who am I without you know being a mother with kids in my home so um we often look to all of those roles and those um hats that we wear to measure our value and we create some sort of illusion of what the perfect wife and mother and employee looks like and most oftentimes I talk to women, they never feel like they're doing any of those things well enough. So then we feel like we're failing someone or something in order to do one or the other better. And then so that becomes looking to the world for approval, looking to our kids for approval, looking to our husband for approval, looking to our employer for approval, instead of turning our focus back to who we are in Christ, which is really what our true identity is. You know, he, we will never, ever, ever gain a sense of true fulfillment by looking out into the world for that. Because inevitably we are going to disappoint ourselves or we're going to disappoint someone else. And then that sort of shatters our, our belief system around what value we are in the world. Um, so we really can never perform or attain at a level that is high enough that offers true fulfillment when we're looking anywhere other than God and who we are in Christ. That wow. was really pretty. <laughs> that is so powerful. And, you know, I, I just think about all the time that we have wasted over the years trying to please other people. And like you said, we are, you know, we are not perfect. They are not perfect. We will disappoint. They will be disappointed. So I'm guessing, you know, if we were to, in some way, be able to tabulate the number of hours that we have spent trying to please other people, trying to carry other people's burdens, trying to seek their approval, I think yeah. we would be shocked um, at, at yeah. how much time is actually going there. So I love that your solution is so simple. 
And what I heard you say was it's focusing on the audience of one instead of all these people. I think I have to please, right. And wasting all that time trying to do what is inevitably not going to work and fulfill, but just doing that. So what are maybe a couple of steps if we're wanting to like move forward in this um, and, and start really focusing on the audience of one, how can we start moving in that direction? Well, from my standpoint, um, and sort of what usually the people I serve where it usually has to start is to first surrender that, surrender that to the feet of Jesus, right? Surrender your anxiety, your people pleasing, your need for approval from the world. Like just, you know, for me, unfortunately, I'm stubborn. So it's often taking like complete, almost emotional, physical exhaustion before I sort of let let go and say, okay, God, I, I can't, I really can't do this anymore. Take it from me. So really surrendering that and just being, we have to remember that the key, the key to our faith and what God wants from us is relationship. So even how we communicate with him in that relate, it needs to be a relationship. You know, it's not this sort of um, authoritative disciplinaria disciplinarian that's you know sitting out in the clouds that we have to say all the perfect words for like just like speak from your heart surrender what you're struggling with lord please take it from me fill me with your spirit and then and then it's really seeking out what does it mean what does an our identity in christ mean so it really comes down to getting in his word because we have to we have to start to learn about the character of who god is you know what what really is and has he always been trying to tell us what has he always been trying to tell us who we are we are when we're saved you know accepting christ and um the gift through salvation we become adopted daughters and sons of Mm. the king so when i take a i have to sometimes look at that from a mother's point of view so i i think of okay all of this self-deprecating talk that i do with myself or you know this messaging of unworthiness let me step first into my eyes as a mother if i'm i'm looking at my child let's say you know i my child's sleeping right and i'm standing there and i'm standing in the door and i'm looking at them am i ever having a thought of you aren't worthy you aren't of value you're insignificant no like i'm looking at my child and i would give my life for them they are the most significant thing that I can even ever imagine like the gift that they are to me is incomprehensible. So imagine a God that is capable of loving at a level that we can't comprehend on a human level. And he's now looking at us, his child, the gift that he gave us because of that love and the enormity of that. Do you think he's ever saying you, you aren't worthy, you are insignificant, you're not of value. So all of those things we tell ourselves as children of God, is that really who God is? Is that what his word tells us? So really investigating God, who he is and what he says about who we are in him, what our identity is, right? So, and then it's um, really just kind of then practicing. I have to make it a daily routine of surrendering my life to him, inviting him into my thoughts, my words, my actions. So I start my day, you know, much like you talk about, Lisa, my day has to start with him because mm-hmm. I need him in the driver's seat. So 
And honestly, I've had days where I've not taken my morning time with him. And late at the end of the day, I'm like, boy, that day was a mess. Like I said some dumb stuff. And then I'll look back. I'm like, hmm, interesting. Today was a day that I didn't take my God time. I didn't surrender myself and my day to him. Is that coincidental? Probably not. So really it's that initial and always surrender, constantly looking to understand God and his love, being in his word, and then building relationship with him. So um, in a wordy nutshell, that's <laughs> that's Would the process I have to use every day. Yeah. And I love that it is a daily process, right? It's not a one and done because we tend to go and pick those things back up again, even though we know this is not true. This is not who I am, you know? And so it's that constant surrender, seek, and then respond. And, and remembering that we, this whole idea too, we don't transfer the people pleasing to now I'm God pleasing, right? But that we, like you said, we see ourselves as adopted and fully loved just because we are his. And then our what we do is then in response to that love as, as opposed to having to earn that love. And I can see, you know, and I love how you share the example of like what happens with your day and your time and your words and, you know, the outcome when you are doing that and laying it at his feet and what happens when you pick that back up um, and, uh, and try to do it on our, on our own. I don't know about you, but I always find that when I try to do it on my own, it always costs me more time, more energy, more money, (laughs) more, more emotions, Exactly. I was thinking when you were talking about that, really, it comes from being filled up. And that's sort of the premise of, of the show, like the grace filled leader, right? It's not, yes, it's about how to be a leader that gives grace. But really where that, that the naming of that started was you first have to be filled by God's grace so that you can be grace giving, right? So in order to go out into the world and not be that people pleaser, approval seeker, and have that need in order to feel valued. Like it comes from actually accepting and receiving and be filled with the gift of grace that God offers us. It's not because we're under, it's not because we're on our own. We aren't worthy and we aren't deserving and we are sinful, but we have that freely offered gift of grace through salvation. Right. And we have to be filled with that before we can be grace giving. Yeah. Cause when you, you can't pour from an empty cup, like we talk about around here all the time and we fill up, that is what's naturally going to spill out of us when we are overflowing with that. So I love that Tanya. I love your heart. I love how you're helping women to really identify kind of where a lot of these struggles that we have are coming from and where to take them. And, you know, this is something we could talk all day long about and yet yeah. we've only scratched the surface. Um, but like you said, you've got a podcast and you have some resources and things like that. So I want you to tell us about what you have to offer. If someone's listening today and she says, you know what, I am really spending a lot, way too much time, people pleasing, trying to find my approval there. I'm feeling burned out in the process. Um, where can she go and, and connect with you and find some great resources? Yeah. So first place is my podcast, the grace filled leader. Um, but really, you can find that and everything else um, at my website, gracefilledleader.com. And um, there's I have coaching resources there, links to the podcast. The podcast is loads of free information, really. And just to just see um, if you you are among the community of those of us that are sort of that high achieving um, 
woman that maybe struggled with feeling good enough. So gracefieldleader.com and the Gracefield Leader podcast. Fantastic. We will make sure to link that in the show notes because I know that those resources are invaluable and I want women to be able to come and learn from you um, just like I've been able to. So before we go, I just want to thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today. I know so many women are going to be blessed by our conversation. Um, and I just want to ask, like, if you could just share one piece of encouragement to someone who's been struggling in this area, just that one little nugget that she needs to hear as we finish up, what would that be? That would be, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are adopted daughter of the King that Mm -hmm. is wholly loved, sent here and put here for a purpose that was pre-designed before you ever entered the world and take trust in that seek God and ongoing trust in that. And he sees you as that, you know, when you accepted Christ, when he looks at you, he sees Christ. We wear that garment of righteousness because of that gift through salvation. So know, know the exceptional value and significance you have on this side of heaven, just by being that daughter of our King. Ah, I love that. I know someone needed to hear that today. I needed to hear that today, right? (laughs) Thank you for that. And I pray that it blesses those who are listening today. And in closing, I just, I love to ask my guests this question just to get into your heart and calendar. So as you look ahead to the season that's before us, what's one thing that you would love to make time for in this season of your life? I would love to and need to make more time for just listening to God, just getting quiet and listening to what he has for me. I think we get too busy in our heads and asking and even, you know, we certainly talk more than we listen, but listening is what I would make more time for. I love it. And guess what? He loves that too. What a powerful conversation. Who are you looking to? What is what really resonated with me? Because when we look to the world, we focus on comparison competition, and confusion. But when we make the time to be quiet and look to him, we find peace, presence, and purpose. That's why your refills, both morning and evening, are so essential to a with God life. Because that's the time in your day when you intentionally fill up with him so that he is what you are pouring out. Let me just say, starting or ending the day scrolling social, most likely, will feed the people-pleasing tendency in you. And why not incorporate gratitude to God for who he says you are as an antidote to people-pleasing and focusing on who others say you are or aren't? Be sure to grab Tanya's free seven-day gratitude guide and use it in one of your refills. I'll link it in the show notes for you. So here's today's community question. What's one way that you will look to him to find your identity and fulfillment? Come share inside the community and let's work on making the time to do that and live it together. Thanks for joining me for this episode. And until next time, remember, you do have all the time you need for what he has called you to in this season and in light of eternity. Follow his example to create a rightly ordered schedule and a rightly ordered heart because you are here for such a time as this. Hey, before you go, I pray this episode blessed you, challenged you, and moved you to take action. So, what was the one thing God showed you today? I'd love to hear. So would you take a minute to leave a review on Apple Podcasts? It makes my heart smile, and that way I know you're liking the show. And 
It helps other busy Christian women, just like you, find real life answers too. Speaking of which, grab the link and share this with someone you know that's been praying for a breakthrough. And don't forget to come join the after party inside the Redeem Her Time community. We're not just about knowing, we're about doing, together. Head on over to redeemhertime.com to join the community, leave a question to be featured on the podcast, schedule a free 15-minute strategy session, or all the above. Of course, I'll drop the link in the show notes because I know you're a busy girl. Look carefully then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Ephesians 5, 15 through 16. I'll see you in a few days, friend. God bless.